cliffcentral.com. It's time for Markets Monday with uh, Markets.com. And uh, we're going to check in on Markets Mondays, which, of course, we do twice a month. And here's a special offer to everyone who listens to the show. You can follow the link on cliffcentral.com to register with Markets.com. I was talking to Solomon the other day, and he said, we've got lots and lots of people registering already. It's worth a try. Go and check it out. If you haven't done it yet, go and do it today. Markets.com, we've got a link up on cliffcentral.com. When you sign up, you must email them. Um, please, with your email address, and say you know that we sent you, and you will get a 30% bonus on your deposit. So if you, you know, put in 100 Rand, you'll get an extra bonus. 30 Rand. I mean, that's, that's terrific, right? So you can go and do that immediately. So email them at support at markets.com, and then they will give you an extra 30% bonus, which is terrific. So let's get into this because I think for a lot of people, when we talk about money, they get a little bit nervous. They're not sure. We've got so many things going on at the moment. There's so many things that we don't understand. Soaring rates, increased energy, oil prices, we know about that, skyrocketing inflation, especially in the U.S., and a potential for global recession, it is natural to pose a question like, are we blowing up? So what what should traders be preparing for in an environment like this? This is something I asked Solomon the other day, and he said, well, he gave us some very good answers. He looked at the, the, the overall global picture. But today we're going to speak to Simon Brown. He's a partner with Markets.com. He's also a trader himself, an investor, and a market teacher with decades of market experience. And we're going to learn a little bit about the tools and the insights that they can provide so that you and I can react and even act proactively with the changing aspects of the market. This is the kind of stuff that is very, very useful to know. And I'm very, very happy to have Simon Brown join us today. Hey, Simon, how are you? I'm good in yourself. Excellent. Excellent. So in my introduction, I talked about some of the forces that are working on the world economy at the moment, some of the forces that are making people consider very carefully where they put their money, where they invest, where they want to withdraw money from. Um, is, is, that a, is that a reasonably good macro picture of what's going on? How would you explain all of this? And what factors do you think we should consider if we're going to go into trading on platforms like markets.com? Um, and especially while you're trading in the South African 40 index, which is something I spoke to Solomon about last time. Yeah, I, I, globally, the, the two big challenges globally are energy, uh, and, and, and that is particularly acute in, in Europe, um, where they, of course, get their, their energy mostly from Russia, and, yes. well, we know exactly how badly that's going. Um, and, and then inflation, uh, rampant inflation uh, across the world, which means higher interest rates, which means consumers under pressure. But to bring it back to the SA40, which is the 40 largest companies on the JSC in South Africa, everyone looks at that and thinks to themselves, well, 40 largest companies in South Africa, they must be what we would refer to as, I suppose, SA Inc. In other words, companies that are, are operational and, and making their profit in South Africa. And so we would look to what's happening locally rather than potentially a global picture. But the weird thing with our, with our, with our stock exchange and those large companies is that probably fully somewhere around 65, 70, maybe even sometimes 75% of the profits of those companies are not in rands. And I'll give you examples. Uh, a, a mining company, they're mining PGMs, perhaps it's Thungela and they're exporting coal or a gold company. Those commodities are actually traded in dollars and then converted into rands. 
Uh-huh. And then, of course, we've got companies such as Richmond on our, on our exchange, which is you know, one of the largest companies. And Richmond sells, uh, uh, you know, fancy watches and jewelry. And when I say fancy, I'm talking expensive, like eye-wateringly so. Um, <laughs> and those sales are, I mean, there's a bit happening in Santon and the V&A waterfront, right? But yeah. the vast majority of it is happening in Europe. It's happening in China. It, it's happening in, in, in North America. So our SA40 is actually less about South Africa and again, more about a global context than what's actually happening on our, on our local shores uh, within the borders. And Simon, let's be frank about this too. The, the South African sort of top 40 index has not moved very much in the last while because you could say that the market's <laughs> been fairly stagnant, but you can also say that there isn't tremendous growth happening either in South Africa or anywhere else for that matter. Obviously, as a result of the pandemic, but there are other factors at play here as well, right? Yeah, I mean, there absolutely is. And, and I mean, one of the, the weird things that is happening, and if we look so far year to date, most, most global indices are, are red for the year, mm-hmm. uh, led mostly by the NASDAQ, which has been having a, a, a horror uh, 2022 so far. We're less red, and, and that's a, you know, less red is, is, is barely winning. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's no fun whatsoever. Um, but, but it is, you know, as I mentioned up front, I mean, that energy crisis is real and, 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 and hurting Europe. And we haven't even touched on the implications of the drought that we're seeing in Europe and China, mm. which is also impacting uh, food supplies, food security, and again, impacting energy. Those rising rates, rising interest rates, quite simply take money out of the pockets of consumers because most consumers are going to have some debt. It costs more. We have got less to spend and we've got less to spend on higher pricing. So what we're actually seeing is a is a, is, a, is global uh, indices the world over are frankly red for the year and yeah there was a a hope that maybe we could have a nice rally certainly we did from mid June to mid August but that's faded Jerome Powell and the, the 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 sort of central banks the world over are taking out their 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 whips and saying to the markets nope we are serious about pushing this inflation mm-hmm. which means we've actually got indices down now for for a long term investor. That means you're losing, you know, your, your, your portfolio is less than it was a year ago. Yeah. But you're a long-term investor, neither here nor there. The beauty of being a trader is we can actually make money in rising or falling markets because that's the, the point with derivatives. If something's going up, you buy it, you make a profit. But if something's going down, uh, you can you can sell it and, and make money on, on the downside. Today, our market's expected to open over a percent lower if you had taken that sell position, we call it a short on Friday, you'd actually be sitting quite pretty this morning and, and, and smiling over your morning coffee. All right. So derivatives are a, a step beyond where we, we're going here. But I, I like that you brought that up because it's yeah. one of the things that we'll be educating people on during this uh, segment of the show. And, and really part of what we're going to do with Markets.com is expose people like me and people like Leanne and Mash and all the other people who are going to sign up and, and try this to all of the various things that you can do. And really, Markets is a great place to be able to do all this stuff. The South African Top 40 are on there. You can learn how to use you know, derivative trades. You can, you, can, you can short certain shares if you want to do that too. We'll look at all the other things that you can do. But let's focus on commodities for a minute. Um, let's just do a quick review in your, in your own words of a few choice commodities that people might be considering for upcoming trades. What are you looking at in the commodities market? Because that's big in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 oil, it's Brent, and I'm actually going to come to that in a second because a lot of people will be saying it's gold. Uh, and mm. as a South African investor, certainly 
sort of from the 70s through to the, the early 2000s, 2010, you know, we were gold bugs and everyone wanted to own a slice of gold. And the theory is, is that when inflation is high, well, everyone rushes into gold. Well, yeah. now for the first time in 40 years, we've got global inflation and uh, gold is going weaker. And, and, and the reason is quite simple. Uh, people are scared. And when you're scared, what do you do? Well, cash is your, your best thing. And, and truthfully, when I say cash, we're not talking randellas or, or euros or even pounds. We're talking U.S. dollars. Money is fl- flooding into, in, into the U.S. dollar. In mm. fact, it's the strongest it's been in 20 years this morning. My preferred commodity remains oil, and I'll tell you why. And, and I, when I say oil, I mean Brent. There's a couple of different flavors. You get West Texas Intermediate out of the U.S., but Brent's the more globally accepted one. Uh, when oil is quoted and someone says it's 95, 50 a barrel, they're probably meaning Brent. What I like about it is from a, a trader perspective is it's, 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 it gets nice trends going. And what I mean by that is you could have taken a position in, 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 in the Brent uh, about a year ago or so, it was 70 or so dollars. Uh, and of course, when the war broke out six months back in February, it's trading 130 odd. And within that, there's not too much volatility. There's not too much bouncing around and, and craziness happening. It's that smoothness of the, of the ride, which means, A, you're making profit, but it also means you're sleeping well at night. And, you know, perhaps the sleeping is even more important than the profit. Long term, <laughs> we, we, we want our money. But if, we're not, you know, if you're stressed, what are you going to do with the cash becomes the important point. And I've got to say, I, I, I've been bullish on, on, on oil for a while. Um, and then it was trading sort of earlier in the year between 100, about 100, 113. Mm-hmm. So now I come back to the low to mid-90s. And that's a fairly critical point for, for Brent oil. We can see that level hold and it start to move a little bit higher. Uh, we're seeing Putin shutting off the, the Gazprom uh, 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 gas lines over the weekend extensively. He says we're doing maintenance. Oh, yeah. No one believes him about that. No. I, I mean, even he doesn't believe no. that anymore. But I, I look at oil as a commodity to trade and it, it's an attractive because of the smaller moves and because you get nice, almost sort of uh, economic slash geopolitical trends built into it which can run for protracted periods of time. Yeah, it's also it's so interesting to watch what OPEC does in these situations because they want more bang for their buck in terms of the amount that they can charge for oil, so they actually throttle supply. When you know, We had Joe yeah. Biden go over to, to Saudi Arabia just a short while ago and say, please, please open up the supply because we need more. Um, and it's interesting that if you watch these kinds of things, you get a pretty good handle on what might happen to oil and therefore what happens to everything else because, of course, the point with oil is that it's not only energy, but it's also um, transport, logistics. The price of pretty much everything goes up when the oil price goes up. And when it comes down, they keep those prices up. <laughs> it's something that affects consumers at the, at the, 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 the till. Um, let's just talk a little bit about this. You mentioned you're bullish about oil, but do you think we've reached the bottom of the bear market? Because people are saying, well, in America, things are turning around now. That could be a sign that it's turning around everywhere else. How do you feel about this? I, I, I don't think we have. Um, and there was certainly, as I said, from around mid-June to around mid-August, uh, there was a nice run-up, you know, easy 15% in, in, in a number of offshore indices, including the NASDAQ, S&P, uh, European indices and the like. And it was looking positive. And, and, and I, I was making some money because as a trader, you, you're looking for those shorter-term moves and, and, and you – worry about the longer term later. But what we've seen is is market getting worried again. And they're really back to worried about those two key points. And the big one right now, 
remains inflation and interest rates. We had the Federal Reserve Chair uh, Jerome Powell speaking at Jackson Hole Friday before last, and and he made no bones about it. He said inflation is 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 enemy number one, and we are going to do everything to fight it, and it will be painful. And, and he made the point. He said this will be painful, and when he says painful, he means painful for for for, for people out there, me, you, the the listeners and, and and viewers. It's going to be painful for them, and if it's painful for them, by very simple proxy. It's going to be painful for the companies. We're going to be buying less because we've got less money in our pocket because we can't afford to drive as much because of the cost of of of, of getting from from A to B. Mm-hmm. And, and that 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 really did spook the market. On the day we saw the Nasdaq off some four percent. We've seen more selling subsequent to that. I, I've mentioned our market looking to open over a percent weaker this morning. The U.S. is closed today, Labor Day, so we won't mm-hmm. get any response from them. And of course, the crisis going down in Europe, both the war and energy. So I think we've got more downside coming. And are we going to break those lows that we saw in in June uh, uh, from from the U.S., from Europe, and the like? And and I think that certainly that is a, a distinct possibility. Right. But even if we're not going to break them, those lows are ten, fifteen percent lower, depending which index you're looking at. Um, and, and we've got that fear back in the market. We've got that selling back in the market which says there's probably at least another 10 plus percent on the downside. And if it really starts to get ugly and we get some more sort of bad news into the into the equation, such as Putin shutting gas lines, such as bad inflation numbers out of uh, uh, the US and, and, and Europe, we could well be exceeding those. And, and, and suddenly your potential 10 percent downside starts looking 15, 20. Uh, who knows how long we can go? I mean, markets oh. can get ugly. And, <laughs> you know, and I want to stress the point, Gareth, we're talking short-term stuff here. You know, for the long-term investor with retirement products and the like, you're looking 5, 10, 30 years into the future. What's happening now in, in spring of 2022, not so important. But for the traders out there, this is a market to be short of. All right. So I, I can't let you go without asking you this because it's something that I'm I'm always keen to hear experienced traders like you talk about. Currencies can be a very dangerous place to play. I mean, I've seen people <laughs> get their fingers burnt. Um, and, and in currencies, you really have to know what you're doing. A lot of people claim to be currency traders. They make one good trade, and then they suddenly think they're experienced. Um, two or three trades down, and they, they're back to where they started. Now, what would you advise people when it comes to trading currencies? And, and how has your experience of this um, helped you to make better decisions about what to do. And of course, again, this doesn't constitute financial advice that you can take yes. verbatim. I want Simon to just give us his own experience here and explain a little bit about what he knows about currency trading. So, so my first piece of advice, Gareth, is stay away, particularly <laughs> as, a, as a novice trader. I still have all 10 of my fingers, but I tell you what, <laughs> there were some times when it was very, very close in my early days. And I tell you what it is. Is, is, and it's partly the, 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 the folks on Facebook who are promising you that you can buy a Lamborghini by, mm-hmm. by the weekend for your hot date and everything. And you know what? I've been around the block. I've literally been in this since the nineties. <laughs> There's money to be made, but currencies is like the pointy end of, of trading. You're trading against the pros, the, the traders at JP Morgan and, and, and City Chase and, and those sort of uh, traders. So the absolute pros in this sense. And the other problem, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds because I know you're going to do derivatives in more detail in, in, in one of the follow-up shows, but essentially people take on far too much risk. So, you know, you've put a hundred dollars in or a thousand or whatever it might be. Um, but you're essentially trading a much bigger position and a small move against you 
can get really, really nasty uh, and, 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 yeah, cost you money and put your fingers at risk. For me, I quite like them once you've become a more experienced trader. And it's because they give you those nice sort of trends. I mean, we look at our RAND and, and, and it, it's as volatile as heck. That currency can move 10 or 20 cents yeah. and that's just Tuesday. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> just Tuesday. Right. But if you trade the majors, you trade the euro, the yen, the dollar, the sterling, uh, and the crosses between that, you know, their moves are, are are fairly moderate. And again, it comes back to the point I really said I like about oil is that a trend starts to happen. And and if you get it right, you can ride that trend for months, even potentially a year. I mentioned the dollar index at at, at you know two decade highs. Um, that just didn't suddenly happen. That's been a trend that's been in place since about the middle of last year. And if you could have been riding that and spotted it in advance and, and, and got onto that yeah. without taking on too much risk, keep it light, uh, there's some good cash to be made there. But for a newbie, uh, uh, watch rather than stick your toe in that water because, man, there are shocks. Now, that's some really good advice, and I think that um, we should all be a little bit careful. But the nice thing about going onto markets.com is they have resources available to you too, so you must go and check them out. Even if you just want to go and see, you just want to take a look at the place. It's like there's people who go and uh, look at show houses, but they have no intention to buy. Go and see what's going on at markets.com, and if you do decide to sign up and put in some money, then you'll get an extra 30% if you do it with us. Just send them an email, support at markets.com and they'll give you an extra 30%. Simon, it's great to see you, and thank you very much for being on the show this morning. Absolute pleasure, Gareth. Great info from Simon there, and that's terrific. We have uh, a whole lot more from Markets.com in forthcoming weeks, and we want you to be a part of this journey with us as we figure out everything from commodities to stocks and shares to derivatives and to currencies.